0: On today's show we're joined by Lockdown Bucks own host Kane Pittman. We got lots of stuff to talk about including what's Jason Kidd like as a coach?
1: <laughs> Kane's going to give us all the answers.
0: All the lowdown from down under on On Maps. I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Dallas Mavericks are NBA champions. But coming
2: from a guy like Jason Kidd is big.
0: And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and coordinator for the On Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, writer, and insider at Mavs.com, the buck boy, the one more thing king. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Oh. Well, before, before
1: I introduce Kane, I want to give a shout out to my favorite person in the entire world
0: today beak, is the, beak, tread, tread carefully with this statement you're about to make
1: today's the anniversary for my wife and i it's eight years eight years of marriage and she listens to the pod and i just want to say she's my best friend and it's been eight strong years so happy anniversary <laughs> Love you, honey. But thank you for liking and subscribing to the no, YouTube channel. No, come on. Get out.
0: And- <laughs> no. Stop. We have not sold out that much, so we're going to leverage your anniversary. Shout out. <laughs> but the
1: second, my second favorite person in the world is Kane Pittman, who's joining us today. <laughs> Sorry, Nick.
2: <laughs> yeah, you really set me up there, which I should probably be used to by now. I was thinking about this the last time we came on the show together, and it is always a fun time, but last time... Speaking of down under, uh, Nick did throw me Whoa. under the bus last time with a tweet I, was, I had about Luka Doncic, which, by the way, He <laughs> said down under. I was like, I know it's my
1: anniversary, but I mean, we're...
2: <laughs> <laughs> it came soon after the Bucks played the Mavericks. All I did was suggest that perhaps Luka Doncic, as his career moves on, will uh, learn to, um, you know, control the emotions a little bit more, something along those lines. Mm. And he, he tried to set the Luka Doncic masses on me. And I will say that for the most part, Dallas Mavericks fans were, were very kind and perhaps even a little bit understanding, but there certainly was some anger involved with that. But here I am again. I'm ready to do it all over. Uh, let's, see, let's see who I can enrage on this podcast. Yeah.
0: It's almost like a, a sibling thing. You can't make fun of my brother. I only can make fun of my sibling, right? Like, that was what it felt like almost.
1: So Kane, give us your hottest take on Jason Kidd. No, just no
0: <laughs> today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto: amazing selection, reliable prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com. Tell them that Lockdown sent you. On today's show, we have Kane Pittman from Lockdown Bucks. We're going to talk about the dark Giannis comparison. Is there something from from 2011? The stars that ended up staying with their teams. I think there's a really interesting connection there. Obviously, we'll get into the Jason Kidd stuff. What was he like as a coach? All that kind of stuff. Is there a real Giannis connection? Kind of the one. A, a, one huge redeeming quality of Jason Kidd so far from people that have tried to pitch him as a good coach is, well, look what he did with Giannis. And so we'll, we'll get into that. And Jason Kidd's already mentioned it a couple times, his relationship with Giannis, and talked about uh, Mirren Fader's book as well. Uh, he's Jason Kidd was on the record talking about that. You're not going to want to miss that. So, uh, Kane, let's let's get into it. How is the, the, the championship offseason feeling, right? Like, it's got to be a great feeling. We remember it fondly in 2011.
1: Are you still hungover?
2: Yeah, we just, uh, I'm just rolling through guest after guest, and I just get them on. They just tell me what they can actually physically remember from game six <laughs> of the NBA Finals. And then we go through there. Occasionally, we go back and think, oh, man, that was a dark episode we had when Giannis hurt his knee. I mean, it was a roller coaster mm-hmm. ride. I'll say this in previous years that we've been doing locked on bucks, and you go through the playoffs, and obviously the conference finals run went for a little bit longer, but. It is a, it is a grind. I don't know how the players show up for all those games, but I was fatigued podcasting <laughs> after all those games. The playoffs go for so long, man. So I mean, long.
0: They when, do they just keep grinding and you just keep doing, you know, show after show, and especially us, we do 5 days a week.
1: When when you look at that finals run, you know, it feels like every single off season, we do a 2011 flashback and we go through the finals, not just the final series, but we look at the playoff series before we go through, you know, that was 10 years ago and we still look back on Mavericks sweeping the Lakers. We still look back them going down against Portland in round one. I'm not expecting you to remember this Kane, because this is all, all we have to look back on is this (laughs) one year, but you know, we think of the young, OKC series obviously beating LeBron and Wade and those guys in the finals. When you look back at this, Milwaukee run what's going to be like the one or two big moments but outside of game six that you're always going to just kind of look back on a walk through is it is it the Giannis injury that we all looked at and we're like oh my gosh there's no way or are there any other like big moments that you said that's what will stick in the memories of Bucks fans
2: well I think there's the big moments. There's the Giannis block that happened in the finals Then there was the Drew Holiday steal and the lob, like those ones, but they're, they're things that everyone's going to remember. I think that we'll probably sit back and think about how we were all feeling and how we were all discussing the series against Brooklyn when in game two, you're on the road and you're actually losing that game by 49 points. So not only do you go down two games to zero, you're losing the game by 49 points and we were discussing it and, and we always try to be pretty realistic about... Uh, what what the team's doing, how they're playing, what their chances are for the rest of the series. And I remember we just did the podcast and said, look, uh, realistically, are they winning four out of five games against Brooklyn? No, probably not. We'll just see what happens in game three. Maybe they win one of these games and extend it a little bit. But we just assumed the series was over. And for the most part, we probably felt the same in the finals when they went down 2-0. To be able to come back twice from that deficit, win four games out of five, obviously in the finals they won four in a row, it's an incredible run. But you mentioned some of the things that you'll remember that only teams that uh, only uh, people that cover the team or fans will remember. So for me, the first round, no one's going to remember the Bucks sweeping the Heat. No. But heading into that series, there was such a big mental block we we thought potentially for the Bucks getting over the Heat. So Chris Middleton hits a game winner in overtime in Game One, and then it kind of set things in motion. And and guys like Bryn Forbes that no one fans around the league aren't going to remember that Bryn Forbes absolutely torched the Heat and scored more <laughs> points in that series than Jimmy Butler, but I guarantee you Bucks Wait, did he really? Get those is that true? It's a fact, yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, Butler
0: Butler was absolutely trash, to be clear, but Bryn Forbes was pretty hot. <laughs> Bryn Forbes, 15 points a game in that series. Jimmy Butler, 14.5 points a game. That That is trash. That's can, straight up. Can I true ask you stuff. a question
1: about before the finals? There was a, there was a moment before before the finals before this playoff r- run, and let's just go to the the like the month before Giannis signs the extension. What like where's your mind at? Because
0: when we were openly recruiting him on this podcast,
1: <laughs> when I was in when I was in a Bucs media session and the Bucks learned that I was from mavs.com and they did not let me ask a question in Giannis's uh, over zoom I do remember that they they literally asked me who who are you with and I told them and they uh, did not let me ask a question but <laughs> question so I just wonder you don't know if Giannis is signing the extension obviously the bucks hadn't made the playoff run they hadn't won the finals yet or any of that like what if Giannis doesn't sign the extension what if the bucks don't win the title what team is Giannis on right now?
2: <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's a great question. I, I think probably we would all assume that he he would have gone to a team like the uh, Indiana Pacers and followed Malcolm Brogdon or something like that. Is that is that what we are saying? Oh, oh. Okay. Well, maybe not. Yeah, I I think we we've spoke about it. We we did speak about it. I, I'm sure I remember that having the conversation. And I think you know for me. Toronto was was a team that was concerned. And honestly, for the whole league, thinking about Luca and Giannis playing together, um, if you take off a Bucks hat, it's pretty damn fun. (laughs) It's pretty damn fun, right? I mean, come on. But too bad for you guys. (laughs) You you got one superstar. We've got one superstar. Um, You know, it's all fair.
1: If you're starting a franchise today, would you pick Giannis or Luca?
2: Uh, I would pick Patty Mills, but you, you guys wow. you guys do whatever you need to do.
0: <laughs> Patty Mills. <laughs> and he's on Brooklyn now. Gosh, how many, how many stars do they need over there in Brooklyn? It sucks that, you know, as an Australian, I, I've said this, it's,
2: it's un-Australian to say anything negative about Patty Mills, but it sucks that we're going to have to really uh,
0: hope that he loses this year. It's, um, it's going to be a tough scene. This is just a question maybe just for me. What do Australians think about Ben Simmons? Like, is he... Like he didn't play for the national team. Does he like want to be part of the national team? Does he consider himself like Australian? Do you like is, is it like a prideful thing to have him or what's the the vibe on him?
2: Well, I personally would have loved to have him in the Olympics. I mean, he's a, he's sure. a, he's a really damn good basketball player, but I think I would say I would say the mood from casual fans, casual basketball fans that all of a sudden want to you know drape themselves in an Australian flag and act like the most <laughs> important thing in the world is playing for the national team. They're, they're like, you know, Ben Simmons sucks. Like, get rid of him. He doesn't want to play for <laughs> Australia. We don't want him. Where's you know, Jake Landau? People, yeah, I would say people with a little more nuance would, would understand that, yes, the team would be much better with him on it. So, yeah. so it's it's tough for him, though, because Matisse Thiebel is like a national hero now. Let's go. And uh, poor old Ben. You know, But really what about
1: before Nick goes into the ad break? What about Josh Green, though? Like Realistically, what do you what do you think about Josh Green and his future on the Australian national team?
2: Well, he should be there for the next couple of Olympics. And there was a lot of people and, and a lot of smart people that thought that he should have been playing minutes in the Olympics purely for the fact Ooh. that if you look at the guys that were on the Australian roster, Matisse Thybul really stood out and, and Dante Exum really stood out because they were the two guys in the team that had NBA-caliber athleticism. Both okay. defensively and what they can they can play above the rim, they can do all the stuff on offense. So Josh Green was the third guy. Unfortunately, he didn't really crack into that rotation. But I thought there was there was situations where he probably should have played. So uh, people are optimistic about Josh. So
0: exactly the same as on the Mavericks, he didn't crack so, the rotation. But some people thought he probably really, should have. Really a smart point. people.
1: First name Bob.
2: <laughs>
0: <Is that Luke laughs> Bulgaris? Yeah, I. I yeah, sorry. I, uh, that one went over my head. I have to apologize. <laughs> All right, coming that's up. Fine. <laughs> that's fine. That's a real deep Mavs joke right there. Coming up, we'll get into Jason Kidd situation. We'll talk to Kane about it. What does it mean? What is, you know, what is Jason Kidd and Giannis's, you know, situation? What is their relationship like? All that kind of stuff. But before we do, let me tell you about SweatBlock. SweatBlock is a new product that's doctor created, doctor recommended, and it helps you with perfusive sweat. It helps you get uh, a dry shirt guarantee that's exactly what you want if you're dealing with pit stains if you're dealing with you know sweat under your armpits you're dealing with sweat on your lower back i used it when i went on a trip and i was on a plane for a long time you know you sit there if you're a bigger guy you sweat a little bit and you come back and you're like man you, you walk off the plane and all of a sudden your shirt is just all drenched in sweat in the back i didn't deal with that at all when i used sweat block go there Sweatblock.com use the promo code locked on and get 20% off. It's uh, it's been tested by firefighters that go into burning buildings. It's literally been tested by them. You can go check it out. You can also get it at Amazon or CVS, but we recommend going to sweatblock.com using that promo code. You'll get 20% off. The promo code is locked on at sweatblock.com. Also, did you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. They're just sitting around drafting all day, doing what they do. You don't stand a chance against those people. Introducing Stat Hero, it's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works Stat Hero shows you their lineup and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house. In a head to head fantasy matchup, you name the stakes winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else is doing that. Go to stathero.com slash locked on, sign up free, and right now you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving a 300% match that's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Stathero.com slash locked on. All right, Isaac, we're here with Kane Pittman. We're talking about. Uh, the the Bucks, the Mavs, and right now, Jason Kidd, who was recently a Milwaukee Bucks head coach, is now coaching the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, I was was worried about Jason Kidd because of a lot of the things that he did in Milwaukee. Just give us your initial thoughts about Jason Kidd coaching the the, the Mavericks from your perspective of him coaching the the, uh, the Bucks. How is that going to translate, in your opinion? Well, I would like to hope,
2: or I would like to think that coaches are capable of
0: uh, learning and changing. That's the answer. That's the answer. Literally everyone has given, right? Like it's so true. Preach the gospel.
2: But I'm not so optimistic that it's going to be the case. Uh, I I think, yeah, we we always speak about this and and this isn't an original take of mine, but I, I thought that from his time in Milwaukee, it seemed to me that the only players that were really able to, Uh, understand him or get on the same level of him was either a player like Giannis, who is a complete maniac when it comes to working out, living and breathing basketball, wanting to be the best, wanting to be great. Or it was players like new assistant coach, Jared Dudley, who was uh, (laughs) an old school player that was fine with, okay, we're going to sprint all day or whatever it may be. We're going to practice for six hours. He's old school. He's fine with that. He's been through that. There's just not that many of those players in the league anymore. And, And so to me, The the biggest challenge that it would seem to me from the outside, and I wasn't in Milwaukee when when Jason Kidd was there, but just from watching from afar, speaking to people, he's going to have to be better at relationships and better at relationships with different personalities, the modern-day player. Because there's no doubt he's a smart basketball mind. There's no doubt about that. But it it did seem that the stubbornness and probably not being able to relate to modern-day players was his downfall. And I always thought he was a little bit of a Scott Skiles coach in the way that you bring in Jason Kidd, He might have that immediate impact, but then the diminishing returns start to kick in pretty quickly.
0: It's kind of like a two-year deal, (laughs) almost, right? Like you bring him in for those two years, but after, yeah, after you hold on to him for too long, I'm I'm curious to see how it will last. I'm curious to see how it's going to start to begin with, but even just the, you know, if it lasts past two years, to see how it goes. Uh, I think to your answer, I think that's that's absolutely the case, and I'm so curious. I think Luca, I think will do fine under him. Uh, unless Jason Kidd tries to start like tweaking different things that Luca tr- that Luca tries to do like Carlisle did and try and control a little bit too much, then I think we're gonna have a problem. I think Kristaps Porzingis, who is already a big wild card, that is a big wild card for you know somebody like Jason Kidd. Uh, who are players that, that you've you know heard of that had an an issue or sort of had a had problems with Jason Kidd in the past um, that that you've heard of besides Giannis that. Um, that maybe clashed with him or something like that.
1: Who is Larry Sanders for three hundred?
0: Definitely one so of
1: them.
2: The Larry Sanders stuff was interesting because it was almost it was almost hard to remember that Larry Sanders was on the Bucks when Jason Kidd was there because it was so short lived to, to remember yeah. back to that time. So it was kind of a weird period for the Bucks. And I will say this: I haven't read the book. Uh, and and Mirren's great. I remember being in Milwaukee when she was coming through a couple of times, and you know you you wonder what wonder, wonder what she's wonder what she's up to wonder what she's she's doing here. It turns <laughs> yeah. out she was writing a Yanis book, so which everyone says is fantastic. I've got one on the way, but I've heard her speak about the Jason Kidd stuff, and she sort of said I don't think it's totally fair because people just pull out little screenshots. We know how it works, and then it doesn't yeah. tell the full picture. So I I don't know what to say about that because I haven't read the book, but I will say this: Jabari Parker was a guy that I know for a fact that didn't handle the Jason Kidd stuff too well. And, and I remember being in Brooklyn a couple of years ago when Jared Dudley was on the Nets. And I, I spoke to uh, Jared Dudley about Giannis and how he's grown up as a player uh, from the early days and maturing into a leader, controlling his emotions a little bit better. And And we asked about Jason Kidd and and he specifically said, and I'm paraphrasing now, I don't have the quote in front of me, but he, he specifically said that uh, for someone like Giannis, Jason Kidd was great because he was on his ass all the time. Giannis wanted someone that was like that. That that probably helped him. And I think in terms of the freedom that he allowed Giannis to play with that point guard, everyone always points to that. But but that was good. I, I, I think that there's a case to be made that he was good for Giannis's development. But for Jabari Parker, uh, you know, Jared Dudley said that that probably wasn't good for him. He probably had never been in that situation. He'd always been the star. All of a sudden he comes to the NBA, he tears his ACL, and now he's got this guy that's constantly on him. And it probably, uh, as D- Dudley said, made him go into his shell a little bit. And and we know for a number of reasons it hasn't worked out for Jabari Parker, which is you know a shame. He was he was a star or a expected star coming into the league. So uh, again, Jabari a pretty quiet personality, and that's probably what I come back to when I talk about the different personalities and how he can relate to everyone.
0: And, and oh, this- you, oh, you mean an, an injury-prone star that can score and maybe do not not a lot else. Hey, <laughs> I, I, I you guys know you guys know better than me,
2: but I'm curious.
1: You know, you talk about that relationships with players and just being hard and getting on them and stuff, and how Giannis wanted that. I think something we we just don't know and this is okay to say that we don't know this and I think this is different than saying like Luca can Luca be coached hard because the moment you say that then people come out like Luca can be coached hard he likes when play you know when coaches can yell at him and stuff like that. I, I'm not saying I, I he could take that but we don't what we don't know is how much does he want that constantly and if and is Jason still that type of guy? Because what we have also heard is, "Hey, I've I took time off from being a head coach. I went to LA for a couple of seasons. I have won a title in LA as an assistant coach. I'm a cha- I've learned. I've changed as a coach, as a human. All of this. But then we. But going back to comparing Luca and Giannis, how much of that?" How are they similar? How are they different? How much of it is Luka coming in as a superstar to the NBA and literally saying, hey, I think it's easier to score in the NBA than, than it was in Europe <laughs> You know, at the very beginning. How much will he want what Giannis wanted as far as somebody being on his back of saying, push me, push me, yell at me, all of that. And that's just something we just don't know yet.
2: Yeah, I'm curious uh, about jason kidd's experience as an assistant as well because he he, he says that he's gone away and he's you know learned and probably learned from experience and as i said who's to say that he hasn't but if you look at the roster that he was coaching in la there was no young guys he's coaching lebron he's coaching dwight he's coaching rajon rondo so these are all guys again that were in his era these are guys mm-hmm. that probably understand him and he respects them because they were players him. when he yeah when yeah when he when he was still playing so I think the the thing I would say about Luca and you guys know way better than I do, and certainly your listeners will as well, particularly the ones that followed him internationally. But from what I know and from what I speak to people, I wouldn't say European coaches go easy on their players, mm-hmm. right? I mean, and this is this is some serious coaching that goes on over there. So I would be shocked if Jason Kidd came in and coached this team up really hard. Whether Luca would be shocked by that, I mean, I'm sure he's experienced that in his past. So maybe maybe that's a benefit.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I think it is, and I, I think that's going to be okay. I'm not worried about Luca and, and Jason Kidd in this situation. But you, you mentioned Mirren Vader's book. There's a couple of things that I want to talk about, and then uh, Jason Kidd spoke about that book, so we want to bring it up just a, just a little bit here, and then we'll talk more about... Uh, maybe a Dirk Giannis comparison from this past year, so we'll get into that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of cars, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Like, they ask you questions about your car. I don't know that. Is it a ZE? Is it an EX? Like, I don't know. Just, just tell me. Just I have this car. Tell me what parts fits for it. Rockauto.com tells you that. You save time. You save money. You go there. You just... Search all the stuff for your car. You can go back and forth. You can just do it on your phone right in front of your car so you can see all the stuff then see all the parts available for your car or truck. They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even a new carpet. Go there and check it out. See everything available for your car or truck. They're Website is easy to explore. They have the solution for your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on. And they're happy to hear about us, box. They know that we sent you amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right, Isaac, we're back here with Kane Pittman. We've been talking about Jason Kidd. You mentioned Mirren Vader's book, and I've gotten through a, a decent chunk of it so far. And there's some interesting Jason Kidd nuggets in there, uh, specifically a story about, and we haven't mentioned this, uh, we haven't talked about this book a lot on the podcast yet because neither of us have gotten through the whole book, but there's a specific instance about, we were talking about him. him- Jason Kidd coaching hard, and there was a specific instance about you know coaching on, on Christmas Day or, or Christmas Eve and just really pushing the guy super hard, pushing Larry Sanders to the point where he had to admit himself to the hospital, and basically his career ended right right after that practice that they were running so hard. Uh, Mac Engle, after Reggie Bullock and Tim Hardaway Jr. and them were, were introduced the other day, walked up to Jason Kidd. Isaac and I were standing there. We watched him do this, walked up to Jason Kidd and said, what do you think about this book, this Miran and fader book? Jason Kidd looks at him and says, did Giannis write it, Kidd said, when I asked him if he had read it. Not sure if he, if he, if he was asking rhetorically, I answered. It was written by uh, Mirren Fader. He's like, I'm waiting for Giannis when he writes it, Kidd said. I'm aware of the book, but if it's not from Giannis, I won't pay attention to it. What's your thought on that On that response from Kidd? Is it par for the course for Jason Kidd? Is, it, is that something expected, or did you find that interesting? I'm very curious to see how he
2: performs with the media this year. I'll say that. <laughs> I would say, particularly Milwaukee back in the day, and it's not not knocking, you know, anyone that that was working there, but it's a small market. The team wasn't winning a lot. I would say it's probably a place where back then you could have got away with, you know, not much attention, but there were certainly times where his answers were uh, prickly, to say the least, and I would say that this is a continuation of that. And maybe, he, maybe he didn't know I was on the record, or maybe I don't know what the exact situation was uh, right there. But the point of it all is that if he only got along with Giannis, what about the rest of the fourteen guys on the roster? <laughs> it's like it's like you can you can get. And again, this will this will be the interesting thing with Dallas. He might get along with Luca, but mm-hmm. what about the rest of the guys? Because if he doesn't get along with them the situation isn't going to work out. So again, I haven't read the book. Uh, I'm sure there's more to the story than the the excerpts that we've all seen, but um, you got to get along with everyone, man. You, you can't just be getting along with one guy.
0: But but yeah. even just his response to that being like, if Giannis doesn't write it, then I don't care about it, right? Like just to even answer it like that. Yeah, defensive. And then also just, you know, Pushing off any kind of media like, oh, any story that isn't written by that person, which, by the way, if it's by the, the player, then it's ob- it's also has Players like, tribune. A, you know, it, it also has a bias to it as well. I find that really interesting. Yeah, he only well, reads the Players <laughs> Tribune, I guess. Well, we, you know,
1: <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about this before we hit record, but, you know, when so that conversation between Mac and Jason happened after the Reggie Bullock Sterling Brown presser on that Friday, because like Nick said, we were in that and we were in that little, there were like six or seven of us talking to Jason afterwards behind the press conference stage. And I didn't think any of that was on record. Like I didn't record any of it on my phone. I didn't sit there, hold my phone out.
0: I saw Dwayne holding up his phone recording. So I think think he knew that Jason kid knew that he was being recorded. No,
1: no, no. no. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not alluding to that. I was just saying we walked out of there, talking about it you and i but we didn't talk about it on, i'm I'm saying why we haven't talked about it on the pod yeah, until right. now and then i seen where mac wrote about it and i was like oh okay well mac you know he was recording it so he was on you know he was actually asking him questions for the story so and mac's great when it comes to those type of questions so i yeah i just walked away saying wow he's really gonna like push off the book because i mean i think a lot of it including myself i wanted to know what he thought about the book and because those were some pretty uh pretty straightforward quotes from actual players so you know he's he's obviously discrediting Maren Fader in that and you know the players (laughs) quotes on that but uh I, I I think I expected deep down for him to say like hey you know yeah that was the past I if I wish I could change some things take some things back but that wasn't his case on that so
2: I always say this. I always think your introductory press conference should be the easiest one you have to do because <laughs> even if situations like that just purely from a coaching perspective all he needed to say is yeah, I've learned a lot. Was, perhaps it was too close to my playing days, old school tendencies. Mm. Yeah, I've grown. I've been around different plays. It's it's been a good few years of learning for me and everyone's like, "Oh, wow, that's great." It's a great quote, you know. I mean, it's not hard.
1: <laughs> and he made a point in that to talk about how close he still is with Giannis. And, um, you know, if Giannis ever wants to brighter lights outside of Milwaukee, you know, there's relationships.
2: <laughs> here you might down. have to get that trade done pretty quickly because I don't know how long... <laughs>
0: Anyway, anyway, anyway. Hey. So, hey. so speaking of Giannis, though, let, let's end here because I think that this is interesting. Uh, Giannis just won a title. He stayed. He, he re-signed. We really wanted Giannis to come to Dallas, but, you know, he stayed, and we were glad that he did stay in Milwaukee. Uh, and he won a title there. He, he made it happen. Milwaukee's first title in forever, basically. And What I mean, what does he become now for Milwaukee? Like, does he just become? He does he sit on the, the Mount Rushmore of, of all Milwaukee athletes? Because Dirk, Dirk, like when he won that title in twenty eleven, like almost like leapfrogged all of the Cowboys, like the Dallas Cowboys. And I think people would say that he is a greater Dallas athlete. I think a lot of people would say he's a greater Dallas athlete than like Staubach or Aikman or you know any of those guys.
2: I mean, he's he's right at the, at the top. He's with the with the top names and. It, the thing about Giannis is that, and you know Dirk obviously was there for a little bit longer when he got his championship, but you guys understand it when you draft a guy and you see him grow up and you see him develop and you see him lose multiple times before they get to that point, it really does add something, particularly in today's basketball, today's sports, where guys just don't hang around like that. They Once they lose a couple of times, they're off to, to chase something a little bit easier. He had the great quote after game six where he could have gone off and... and got an easy title in his words but he stayed and there's something special with that and he's bought into the city big time he's all over the place right now he he literally bought the brewers (laughs) yeah he's bought into the milwaukee brewers so uh yeah i I don't know i mean who's to say whether he stays with the milwaukee bucks forever but honestly now that you got that title we always sit here and say well you would love to get two you'd love to get three you'd love to get four but ultimately Nothing's ever going to be as special as the first one. Everyone understands that, and he got it. He got it. No one thought they were going to do it fifty years after the last one. I'm Man. pretty sure that uh, the he's he's going to be uh, loved for as for as long as he lives. That's for sure.
0: He'll never have to buy any any uh, you know Chick fil A nuggets ever again. He'll just people will buy them for him.
2: Well, when, Bobby Portis reckons he hasn't even pulled out his wallet since the title. So if Bobby Portis hasn't, I suggest Giannis <laughs> probably hasn't. Bobby Portis
0: was the the Deshaun Stevenson of the Milwaukee Bucks, right? The yeah. same way Deshaun was to the Mavericks. Like you just following that whole thing. He you could just tell he was that guy. I was waiting for him to wear to wear a shirt like how's my C three P Taze or something like
1: <laughs> <laughs> Um When when Giannis said that quote after winning the finals, it was just it was such a win for small markets everywhere. Because every organization, you know, is looking at their stars saying, look at that quote. Like they're playing that quote and saying, that's the, like you want that. Like that's what, that's the ultimate feeling right there that you take the the, whole city and your team and win that championship compared to going and win it with other players. And I I even look, you know, obviously we talk about Luca and stuff a lot too. I mean, we're, Like Luca Giannis, this is like these are two of the biggest faces of the league. And I think it's really cool to just see the internet acknowledge the international game of that. Of how close like how close would the game like I feel like we're the closest now than ever if we did a USA versus World instead of an all-star game. Like that would be a legit game. That'd be fun.
2: Yeah, and we all I know you guys were obviously following the Olympics super closely. I obviously was as well for you know, with Australia, and uh, you know, I, it's fun. It's fun to see these teams and the lineups they can put together. And and I, I don't think it's it should be a surprise that we saw Giannis win two MVPs. We saw Nikola Jokic last year win the MVP. Obviously, Luca's going to be coming into the season one of the favorites this year as well. It's no surprise these good these European players are coming in. Uh, they're starting to take over the league. They're winning MVPs, and I think in general. Those guys, more than the American players, seem likely to stick around with their franchise. And and look, mm. Dirk was one of those guys as well. Giannis, obviously, the same. And and we'll see what happens with Luca. I think most people would be would be hoping that that he stays in Dallas because I think it's good for the league.
0: Rudy Gobert is just gonna stay there forever, and we're just gonna continue to talk about screen assists for the rest of time. And Ginobili, what? <laughs> Ginobili stayed. In, in San Antonio yeah. Parker Chicago. did not though there there is a there is a Tony Parker Charlotte Hornets jersey out there somewhere Some, uh, well, someone is think, wearing one at a Coachella I don't
1: think Tony Parker needs to be uh, considered with loyalty anytime soon <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh Kane you have any questions about the Mavs or anything that's that's been on your mind you've been thinking about just on uh, now that we're we're finishing up here
2: well, I I did listen to the podcast yesterday, and uh, I I am curious about the dangerous. Goran Dragic situation, and I know you guys are all on Dragic watch, and you know I think it's going to be curious to see. I, I think you know another ball handler, another creator next to Luka would make a lot of sense, uh, but he's he's getting on in age, so I I, I am at least a little bit interested to know where the level of excitement would be with Goran Dragic and Kyle Lowry was another player in a, in a similar sort of age bracket do you guys get the sense that he has much left in the
0: tank the thing with the thing for me is you don't need much because they're not signing him to these, like, six, seven-year deals anymore, right? You're signing these guys. I mean, Dragic, would, if he gets bought out, it's a one-year deal. You just need him for one year. Can he be good for that one year, right? And then you turn your sights to something else the next year. Kyle Lowry, can it be a three-year deal for him? Can, he, can you give me two really, really good years? And then the last one that's maybe just a, a you know good year, an okay year. That's, I think, where we were. And just you had to check the box of a, a veteran that's been there before, a secondary creator, and you know, just somebody else to take the ball out of out of Lucas hands, basically. And those are the two guys that that matched that list. And there's not many this offseason. So those are the the two guys they're really going after. As far as the excitement for Goran Dragic, uh, we talked yesterday about that survey that that Mavs fans took, and uh 70-something percent are expecting Dragic to become a Maverick. So it's almost like an expectant now than it is we'd be mm-hmm. excited if it happens. We'll probably be more relieved when it finally happens. Isaac, I don't know if you're in the same boat.
1: No, for sure. I mean, we just want it to be over at this point, and just him wearing a Mavericks uniform. And when I think about Dragic, I think back to the bubble when he was torching the Bucks on the way to <laughs> –
0: on the way out, you had to <laughs> when, do it. To, he, we just when, talked about glowingly he, about the title. You don't I'm have just to bring saying, that up. It
1: was like less than two years ago he was playing in the finals, and like you pointed out on maybe yesterday's pod that when he got hurt in the finals, that was a huge moment for Miami. So it's not the same as Lowry. We've we've used the baseball analogy a lot on this pod this offseason. Right now, we've both agree they hit a single. Like it's not like if they got Kyle Lowry, it would have been like a triple. I think Dragic is maybe like. You're stretching into a double at that point. And if you could walk away from this offseason with Dragic and Reggie Bullock and like and you didn't really go in the hole a lot with some huge, massive contract, then I'm fine with that. So
2: Well, I know you want to wrap it up, but I will say that I, I do like the method that Dallas is going with in in building a roster. I see some similarities with the Bucks uh Milwaukee obviously signed Thanassus. Uh, now they've uh, picked up Yorgos Kalatzakis late in the draft. So we're essentially slightly building the Greek national team in Milwaukee. And you guys, if you bring in Goran Dragic, perhaps you can start yep. to Egor on the bench the Slovenian
0: national team. So this right. is this is I think it's smart business. Mike Toby coming to camp. And, we gotta get uh, uh, Chanchar. We gotta get we gotta get Chanchar on the on the bench <laughs> and then it's and, smart. It's smart. Uh, yeah, that's what we're doing over here. Uh, there you go. Go follow Kane. We'll put his Twitter bio and Twitter link in the description of this podcast or on YouTube. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Maz, Locked On Bucks. Peace out. Boom. It
3: was a big part of my success. He uh, trusted me. He put the ball in my hands.
2: Uh, he motivated me on a daily basis. He pushed me to be great and not to be uh, mediocre. This is a Hall of Famer.
3: SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply.